You are welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye or IKEA Christian Center Global. Get set to be at the fire. The word works. Good morning, everybody. And uh, church, good morning now. How are you doing? Are you ready for today's service? No, I don't think you're ready. I said, are you ready for today's service? All right, all right. All right, today's, today is um, Isaiah Father's birthday. My calendar just um, informed me, oh, that today is his birthday. So happy birthday, Isaiah. Praise God. All right, before I go into the sermon for today, can I have some more volume on this? Thank you. All right, before I go into the sermon, next week, Sunday, we're going to be having a special service. All right. Um, it's called Love and Diamonds. Amen. Yeah, so we're, we're putting something together that would serve the married and the singles. Praise God. Now, if you are married, you are going to be doing, we're going to be doing a vow renewal session next week Sunday. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Vow renewals. You know, you come, you're going to come with your wife in front of church. You're going to vow renewal. Amen. Amen. You are going to declare your love for each other again. Some of you, it's been a while you told your wife, I love you. You will tell her, I love you here. In front of everybody. Praise God. Amen. And also, uh, if you're married, just buy something like a gift. You know, go to exchange, give your wife something. Then husbands, will, wives will give their husbands, and husbands will give their wives. Praise the Lord. It's for married people. If you are dating, you don't count. Amen. Praise God. So those who are dating, you are coming for counseling. Counseling. For the married, yes, praise God. All right, marriage is beautiful, amen? And despite all that you hear, there is actually the wisdom of God that can be employed in that. So it's going to be a wonderful service, so you just get prepared for that. All right, praise God. Turn your Bibles with me, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking at deep waters. What are we exploring in this teaching? We're exploring how you can get deeper in your walk with God. Deeper in your fellowship with God. How you can go deeper in your walk with God, deeper in your fellowship with God. Amen. You find that um, the way Christianity is, is that if you do not discover or encounter the reality of it, you begin to play outside and play with the superficial. You now become uh, a ceremonial Christian or someone that just goes to church when you are invited or you feel like it. But the moment you come into contact with the vitality in Christianity, there is no turning back for you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, you cannot fake encounters. You cannot fake encounters with the Lord. You cannot fake encounter with the uh, reality of the Spirit. It's either you have had those encounters or not. And encounters with the Spirit of God, encounters with the Word of God, forms the framework for a solid walk with God, for a deep walk with God. When you find a shallow Christian or someone who professes to be a Christian, but does not have or show, demonstrate any fruit of Christianity, you would know that he's either not truly a Christian or is one who, despite being in church, has not yet encountered, encountered 
encountered the Lord. Hallelujah. There is no man who has encountered the Lord that remains the same. No man or woman that's encountered the Lord that remains the same. Once you come in contact with Holy Ghost, fire, with the person of the Spirit, oh boy, it changes your life. It changes the, tra- that your, the trajectory of your life. It changes what your passions are. It changes what you call what your ambitions are. It changes what your decisions will be. An encounter with the Spirit, an encounter with God. A real encounter. A real one. But the thing about encounters with the Spirit of God and encounters with God is that they are progressive in that you cannot have one encounter and that will be enough. It is encounters after encounters and after encounters. That is why Jesus says, all right, um, uh, uh, give us this day our daily bread, our daily sustenance. So to have that kind of relationship with God, amen, where God is not an abstract phenomenon or God is not an abstract uh, belief system that you have come to believe because you were born into a Christian home or you were born into a religious ex- environment. God now becomes a, vit- a real and vital person, all right, a real and vital principle that you have communion with day by day and you can now communicate the reality of to somebody else, all right, for you to have that, there's certain knowledge you need to come into custody of. God is known by knowledge. Not head knowledge, he's known by revelation knowledge. So, a revelation knowledge, all right, where there is uh, an insight or an awareness or a consciousness your spirit man comes into and he says, I know there is a God, without a doubt. And I know how to relate with this God, without a doubt. Are you with me so far? I said, are you with me so far? Hmm. Very, very important. There is a walk with God. A real one. A real walk with God. A daily walk with God. Anyone that comes and tells me that Christianity is boring, I know where that person is speaking from. That person is not speaking from the place of reality and vitality in his walk with God. If there is no vitality in that experience, Christianity will be boring. It will be all about rules. It will be all about don't do this. It will be all about appearances. It will be all about whether they are wearing trousers or wearing skirts or tying scarves or not tying scarves. That's boring. That's not what Christianity is. Hallelujah. Christianity is contact with the invincible. Christianity is the indwelling presence of the invincible God in a visible man. Such that that man, all right, intermeddles with the spiritual. And we can see the effects of that intermeddling in his work, in his experience, in his habits, in his decisions. Hallelujah. That's Christianity. It is the union, all right, of the spirit of man with the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. He that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit with him. How can God, who is holy, be comfortable and happy living in a man? That's Christianity. So the fact that God, this holy God, this tabernacle in a man and says, this man is my temple. That's what we call grace. For the man couldn't have done anything to deserve, all right, the tabernacle of God with him. But God says, I have called him worthy. I have called him holy enough to house my presence. Christianity. Now, if God lives in a man, it means that man does not need to travel to find God. It means God is not far from that man because God lives in him. God doesn't live around the Christian. God lives in the believer. 
The difference between the unbeliever and the believer is that while the unbeliever talks about God who creates or doubts even if there is a God that created, the believer calls God Father because God inhabits him. Are you seeing that? That's the difference. That's the difference. Now, man is mortal in his flesh, in his body. So that means, all right, because man is mortal and he lives in the realm of mortality, we make the mistake of thinking that all there is to man is all there is to mortality. But man is beyond mortality. The man you see is more than what you see. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, pay attention to this teaching I want to teach you because I'm, going to be, I'm taking you today into the school of the Spirit. And if you understand today's sermon, you will be able to do certain things by yourself. Christianity is a DIY uh, belief system. DIY is do it your... Look at them and say, do it your... Look at someone and say, do it your... Do it yourself. You need to understand it. Because when you do, when you go into challenges, when you get into certain issues in life, you need to know what to do. Glory to God. You need to know what to do. You need to know the steps to take. And because God is inside you, God is inside you. Then you have an advantage. But it is possible for God to be with a man and that man will not know it. Jacob said, God was in this place and I did not know. So it's possible. God can be in a service and you will not know. Glory to God. Where does that say open? 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Carry it. One, two, go. It says what? Yes. But though our what? Though our what? Outward man perish, yet the what? So there are two kinds of men. Or there are two aspects to the composite called a man. There is the outward man. Then there is the what? Inward man. So there is the man we see and the man we do not see. Now, notice what Paul says. Paul says that though our outward man perish, our inward man is what? Is renewed. So you see a contrast. So the outward man is perishing in that he's getting weaker and weaker and getting older. But that is not what is happening to the inward man. He says, the inward man is renewed how? Day by what? By day. Day by day. So, when you look at the outward man and you define the man by the outward man, you will be wrong. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? Uh If you look at the outward man and define the uh, the man by the outward man, you'll be wrong. Because man is not outward alone. Man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. Man is not only spirit, Mm -mm. but he is a spirit. The full definition of man is spirit, soul, and body. Amen? But the identity of the man is where? The spirit. Did you hear what I said? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why is that important? Why is that an important clarification? It is important because if we say man is a spirit, 
and do not explain that his soul and body, we are saying man has no legal right on the earth. Because the beings that have legal right on the earth are men. Are you with me, somebody? All right? So the man, because he's physical, has rights on the earth. But the means by which he will exercise that right is his spirit. Because it is only through the spirit of man he will be able to contact the spirit of God. Man cannot contact the spirit of God with his body. Neither can he contact the spirit of God with his mind. He will contact the spirit of God with his what? With his spirit. Are you with me, somebody? Turn to St. John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 14. I'll show you something real quick. Amen. Amen. John 4, verse 14. Can we read what does he say? Uh-huh. Can you find where it says God the Spirit? I think that's what, um, that will be the preceding verses. 24, okay. okay. If you go there, 24, quickly. God is a what? Read it again. God is a what? Louder. God is a what? So, it says God is a spirit, and they that worship him was worshiping where? So that means God is not flesh. He is spirit. Not spirit, a spirit. So why is it important we clarify that God is a spirit? We clarify that because there are many spirits in the world. The spirit of God is one of them. But the difference between the spirit of God and the other many spirits is that the spirit of God created all the other spirits. Are you with me, somebody? So that's why we call the spirit of God holy. Holy means different. It's not like everyone else. So we worship the spirit of God or we worship God because we are saying that he is different from every other spirit. Praise God. So that's why he, he, he takes our worship or he is worthy of our worship because from him all things flow and all things come. Amen. But for man to contact God, man must do it spiritually because God is a spirit. Man cannot contact God with his head. Neither can he contact God with his flesh. He can only contact God with that part of him that is like God. His spirit. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says God is a spirit. Then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, turn in there. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And 22. I just hope I have time. Because I'm going to show you practical how to get certain things done. You will now find out why sometimes we tell you, oh, you have the power of God on your inside. Or you say, but pastor, I don't see manifestations of power in my life. You will see why and how to change that. Glory to God. You will see how you, you can change that. You can change that. How you can begin to be of more use to God. There is more to working with God than coming to him to be asking for things. There is nothing wrong in asking for things. God wants to meet your needs. But there is more to God than that. Did you hear what I said? There is more to God than that. You see, the beauty of work with God is you can ask God for things, and God will give you the things, then God will now command you to give away the things that you prayed for and he gave you. Because it is more important to the Lord that despite the abundance of what he has given you, he still remains the Lord. Are you with me? Are you with me? 
So he still remains the Lord. So sometimes that's why you prayed for money. He gave you the money, then he told you to give the money away. <laughs> I bet you know what I'm talking about. <coughs> you think you know, someone can come and give $1,000, your first $1,000, and you just say, Lord, say, give it away. Throw it. Eh? As you what? Ah, Lord, no. This one, you are going to eat it all. Throw it. Then you want to sleep. As you are sleeping, you are just saying, throw it, throw it, throw it. Now, it's not the Spirit of God telling because the Spirit of God speaks once. But your spirit will take that so it and begin to pepper you with it. Give it away. Give it away. And when you want to speak in tongues, and you now want to interpret, give it away. Give it away. <laughs> Why does he do that? Because he's training you. His purposes are more than material supply. <laughs> you know what I said? In my work with God, I found something. God can only trust you with what you can give away. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. God can only trust you with what you can give away. Because you can't serve two masters. It's either you serve God or you serve mammon. So in giving, he trains you to choose him and demonstrate that he is your master. Because your master is the one you obey. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So it's not opposed to supplying your material needs, but it's opposed to allowing those material needs be your Lord. Because Jesus Christ did not die to make you rich. That's not why he died. In case you were confused, let me say it again. Jesus did not die for you to be rich. People were becoming rich without him dying. Does God make people rich? Yes. Can he make a man rich? Yes. Can the devil make men rich? Of course he can. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 boys all around. Are they not getting rich by stealing and by being thieves? Are they not? Yes. They are doing that by the help of the devil. Is God helping people to be rich by direction, the miraculous and all? Yes, he is. Praise God. But that's not why Jesus died. Hallelujah. Because why Jesus died is more than riches. It's something more than gold. Something more than silver. And if you don't get to that place, listen to me. Look at me, everybody. If you don't get to that place where you understand that this thing we are in is more than material things, you have not understood this message. If you don't get to that place where you value your work with God more than material things, you have not understood the message. In fact, you have not known him. Where you consider earthly opportunities and earthly blessings so big a thing that you can deny Jesus for it, you have not understood. You have not understood it. Your work with God should be so important to you that if they put one million dollars on the table as the price to go the way of the world. Or stick with Christ. You say, what? You should not even be tempted. You should not come and give him testimony about it. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Oh, hey, hey, hey. They gave me $1 million to deny Jesus. Hey, I won't lie. I was tempted, though. You were tempted? What do you mean you were tempted? Tempted? What do you, tempted? Tempted to do what? Hallelujah. 
We come of a li- from a lineage where people were eaten by lions, chose to be eaten by lion- lions than to deny Jesus. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh to follow Jesus. That's where we are. You're, are you following what I'm saying? That's what this is about. This is not a joke. We're not, this is not one club that we just came to and just come and do. Oh, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Then we now leave. No! Serious. We are under the lordship of the potentate of the universe. The king of kings and the lord of lords. He is our lord and commander. He saved us, but now he's our lord. Are you with me, somebody? Are you with me, somebody? So, when you come to Christ, you come and you say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. What do you want me to do for you today? When it is all about, Lord, do it for me. Do it for me. Baby! You need to grow up and come to, what would you have me do, my Lord? One day I had a vision of Jesus, you know, and we were talking. And I kept addressing him. I said, my Lord, my Lord, my King. Because that's he is, who he is to me. Hallelujah. My Lord. And he tells me, do this. Yes, my Lord. I would obey. Yes, my King. Revelation of who he is and who you are to him. Light shining in that darkness, all right? Light shining, light taking up residence in your mind, your soul, and your spirit. And you understand who this man is, who this Jesus is, and why you have to follow him. Until you do, your Christianity has not started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You get to a point where you understand why you don't walk in sin. You stop seeing sin, like you, you, you stop seeing not walking in sin as something you are doing to, how will I put it? You are doing to, hey, Jesus, I was not in Christ now. No. You are not doing it for Jesus. You are doing it because you understand that you have a different kind of life. So, I will not give and yield my body to sin because I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Say this thing with me. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I will not yield my body to sin, for I have yielded it to God. Yeah. There's a higher living. There's a higher reasoning. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Stop playing in the general marketplace, in the general population. Come up. Come up. Hallelujah. Amen. So we said man is a spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. He says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Everybody say abstain from all appearance of evil. Next verse, 23. He says what? Louder, everybody. You can see the scriptures everywhere. And the very word, yes, sanctify you what? Uh-huh. Notice it says that your whole spirit, soul, and what? Body. Now, remember we said God is a spirit. 
Man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in the body. So it means if man would contact God, how will you contact him? Talk to me, how will you contact him? Now the question is that when you contact God with your spirit, what do you contact? When man contacts God, what happens to the man? First Timothy. Is somebody learning anything here today? First Timothy chapter number one. And 17. Can we read one, two, go? What does he say? Now unto the king what? Say it again. Now unto the king what? Eternal. So God is eternal. So if a man contacts God, what does he contact if God is eternal? He contacts what? Eternity. Are you seeing that? So he contacts what? Eternity. So man contacts that nature of God that's eternal. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish, but have what? Eternal life. Hmm. Praise God. <laughs> so when we go to preach the gospel, it is not, God to Jesus, you will go to hell if you don't come. Home. Yes, if they don't come to Jesus, they will go to hell. But how of you know that that's not a good way to preach the gospel? In fact, if you check the scriptures, when they preach gospel, they didn't so shout hell. Amen? Amen? Please shout hell. Because that's not the message. Hell is not the message. Are you with me? Are you with me? That's not the message. You know, <laughs> I will, there's a, the, where I will, dri- I will be driving, so there's this man, just where I live, I don't know, I think he has stopped, I've not seen him in a while. The guy will carry some placards, saying he's preaching the gospel. Then the guy will write on the placard, if you, don't, if you miss heaven, you will, you will not miss hell. That's the message. Do you understand? <laughs> That's it. So, you know, and, and I remember someone came up to me one time and said, Pastor, he said, in this church, we don't preach hell. That he wants, a, he wants a church that stands on the word of God. The word. I said, hey, what word is that? Hey, fire. <laughs> ah. Uh, you know, there are some folks you meet and you say, this person needs Bible study. John came to one of our churches, and uh, I was in one of our churches, I was preaching, great move of the spirit, the power of God was moving mightily <coughs> after the service, someone sent me a message, he said, ah, I really ended the service, the word of God was powerful, and I said, but he has a problem, that, the, that the, the women can do better with their dressing, so I said, hold on, what was wrong with their dressing, he said, they were wearing trousers, and um, um, he was seeing, you know, from their nakedness. I said, eh. So I now went and I checked the picture. Because I didn't see what he was seeing. Amen. I checked everything. I said, there was nobody that was scantily dressed. So I sent him a message. I said, I sent him a message and I switched to the prophetic. I said, young man, stop hiding behind your lost problem. You have a lost problem. I said, where do let me, if you want to, you know, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and let me help, I will help you. If not, I will let you stay in your religious hypocrisy. Praise God. So, for example, there are some religious hypocrisies that they will see a fine girl like Pastor Dara now. Hmm? Now, instead of that to just say, I like, I like you. Amen. They will come and give her a word that there is a demon attacking her life. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, I've noticed that in many churches, it's the fair women that used to have marine spirits. 
No, I, I wait now. Wait. I, I, I wait. Is, 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 they will give. It's my spirit. You understand? So when they are doing deliverance, they will go for the fair woman. Then if she makes a mistake and she falls down, ha ya ya ya, la bakaya, they will first drag her out. They will say they are doing deliverance. Soon she will be close to that deliverance minister who is solving an unseen problem that she was not aware was present before she entered that service. Before you know it, we will not get to where we are really going. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Look at them and say, why is it not for? <laughs> Amen. You see, if you do not know this Jesus, if you don't know God, they will use you and chop through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, a knowledgeable Christian who is knowledgeable in the word and the spirit is essential. Bearing is essential. When we were seen, I don't know, go sorry. I remember I was, I was in a service, finished preaching. One person said he wanted to see me, came to the office, and he said he is a prophet. That, uh, you know, he's a prophet and he has word. Praise God. So he came to the service and wanted to give me word. So, so I said, what? Oh, yeah, now. What's the word? And now I started talking, bang, 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 bang. Hey, stop it. I said, you are operating on a familiar street. I mentioned the name of the altar, the demonic altar he was serving, where he was trained, and I mentioned the trainer. Praise God. Oh, did that thing. I mentioned the trainer. Am I lying, sir? No, sir. You are not lying. It's true. I said, if I, if I don't know, you are using Ifa, Oman Difa. Yes, it's me you wanted to come and give this. I need to deliver you. Yes, I, came for, I, I want deliverance. Amen? Because if we're not careful, and you're not, you, because if you're a blind pastor and you cannot see, before you know it, the person will begin to prophesy in the church. Hey, imagine. You now begin to give words. And you will say, who? Accuracy. Who? Precision. Who? Accuracy. And it's the father is divining your church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Look at him and say, glory to God. Say, my eyes are open. My ears are open. Louder, my eyes are open. And my ears are open. Can you, cannot, can you not see? What's that? Can you not perceive? What kind of Christian is that one? He says in the offer letter, Joel chapter 2. He said, on the last days, after this, on the last day, I'll pour out my spirit among them. He says, your sons and daughters shall what? Prophesy. He said, your old men shall what? Dream dreams and young men shall what? See visions. So that means seeing and knowing is, is the inheritance of the believer in Christ. There is no such thing like a blind Christian. It's an aberration. It's an aberration. How can you not be, how can you be blind? Praise God. All right, look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Let's go back there. 1 Timothy 1, 17. Can we go there? He says, the king eternal, uh-huh, that's one. King what? Immortal, uh-huh. Now, notice it says immortal. It means when you come into contact with him, eternity is translate, transmitted to you. Immortality is transmitted to your spirit. Hallelujah. So that is why the man who is in Christ, all right, will what? Be raptured. There will be a translation of his mortal body into what? An immortal body. 
Why? Because there is immortality in the spirit of that man. Having believed in Jesus. <coughs> Hallelujah. So it says eternal. The next is immortal. What's the next one? Invincible. So that means access into the invincible, all right, happens when a man's spirit gets in contact with the spirit of God. Then the next he says, the only what? Wise God. Hallelujah. So that means wisdom. The man comes in contact with wisdom. Oh, glory to God. Say, I have the wisdom of God at work in me. Say, I have the wisdom of God at work in me. So you come in contact with wisdom. Because that's the essence of the person of God. Hmm. Praise God. I said praise God. So, God is like an infinite ocean. Man is like a drop. But you see, man, by, the, by his spirit, all right, and the spirit of God can access and navigate the, the vast ocean of God to be able to progressively know him and to be able to progressively understand him. God is infinite, man is finite, but by the uh, connection of man with God, man can what, be plugged into the infinite knowledge of God, plugged into the infinite wisdom of God, but he is plugged in and begins to know it progressively. So, every time we talk about man knowing God, we find out that the words used in Scripture speaks about what? A progression in knowledge. A progression in understanding. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Praise God. Can we do something about this screen? My screen here is off. Thank you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Progressive. It's progressive revelation. So, you know him, you, you, you have a contact with him today, then tomorrow. Then the next, like that, is progressive revelation. Not head knowledge, progressive revelation. Every knowledge and encounter you have with the word leads you into more knowledge of the Lord. Then you get more knowledge. Then you get no. So you now begin to know, oh, this is how the God is. This is how God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there are folks that don't know all the doctrinal exegesis and stuff like that, but they know God based on their dealings with him. And I'm going to talk about that a bit today, when we talk about prayer and the essence and the benefit of praying for long. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, in talking about, it says, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also what? Reap. There is the need for us to sow into our relationship with God. You are not going to reap what you have not sown. Oh, praise God. Look at someone and say, you will not reap what you have done soon. You have to sow into the relationship with God. And what I'm saying is, I'm not about money. I'm talking about, in, I mean, in a fellowship with God. You need to sow into it. You will not spend 24 hours on Twitter. There are some folks that will spend a lot of time on social media arguing doctrine about a God they are not intimate with. Defending a gospel of God that they are not intimate with. Justing scripture with a God they have not fellowship with that money. So there is a lot of talk, no power. Because you cannot fake intimacy with God. A man of God said, God does not have favorites. 
but he does have intimates. Do you hear what I said? God does not have favorites, but he does have what? Intimates. Intimates. People who are intimate with him. Look at what he said about Abraham. He said, will I destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and not tell Abraham, my friend? You know you can be born of someone and not be friends with the person. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you are friends with your dad? I'm checking for the hand. <laughs> I said, how many of you are friends with your dad? Amen. Yeah, I'm friends with my dad. We talk. You understand? But there are not, a lot of people that are not friends with their dad. So that means, I am born of God. It's, it's a different revelation from, I am friends with God. I am born of God is a different revelation from, I am a partner with God. Ah, yeah. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, when you are friends with God, you will not, you can't phantom a day going where you don't hear from him. If you don't hear from him, you need to go and fast and pray, Lord, what did I, did I do something that offended you? Why are you not saying anything? What is the matter? Are you following? Then you will now go and separate yourself for some time to, you understand, to pray. You will shut yourself, okay, maybe he's, he's talking, but the TV is too loud now, or the Netflix is too loud now. I have watched too many series, so my mind is too noisy. So you separate yourself and just go and pray in tongues. You understand why? You want to hear from him. You are addicted to that voice. You are addicted to revelation. You are addicted to the fellowship. You are addicted to that presence. You want to have that breath of God on you. You are used to it. You need to have it again and again and again. You are intimate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it is the intimate he commits great tasks. Because they are the ones that can hear him. And they are the ones that can execute. Because God needs men. Remember when I taught you in one, one of the teachings where we talked about how that it is men that have rights and authority on the earth. You remember that? How many of you remember that? All right? And that if God is going to do anything on the earth, he's going to do it to what? To a man. How many of you remember that teaching? Ah, he's going to do it to a man. So God is looking for a man. And because no normal man could be used and instrumental in the salvation work, God had to come as what? He had to come as what? As a man. Because men have rights on the earth. So God has set it in such a way that if he is going to do anything on the earth, he will have to partner with men. But to be able to effectively partner with men, men must be able to hear from him and know what he wants to do and carry it out. Are you with me so far? Exactly. So if a man cannot hear, how will he know what to do? Are, are you seeing the problem now? So that's why what the devil does is this. The devil is going to load you up with nonsense. That's why he came and gave you that habit when you were young. So you will battle it for years. And the more you battle the habit, your perception is dull. You understand? Your perception is dull. You can't hear. So you have some, they, they start battling the pornography at from 16. They consume porn every day. Consume it, consume it, consume it, consume it, consume it. Then they now begin to chase women to manifest it or they get caught into masturbation. And they do it for 25 years, 30 years. For, can you imagine the time when that your youth time, that should be productive in their work with God. They are wasting it. 
one lady has had 15 boyfriends, this one has had 15 girlfriends, and they're just wasting time, wasting time, wasting it, just, wa- that, just to make sure they can't hear from God. Hallelujah. Well, if that is your story, today is the last day of bondage for you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because God wants to do a beautiful thing in your life. Some are even caught up with drugs. Sniffing that one and smoking this one. And say, this is the life. What is wrong with it, pastor? What is wrong? Tell me, tell me. What is wrong with it? What is, I'm, I'm like, I feel like the most high. Eh? <laughs> what is, show me the scripture that says banner smoking is wrong. Show me, show me. My brother, you are still under the yoke of darkness. That's why your eye has open. What is wrong with it? Uh, we're just having fun. What's wrong with fornication? What is wrong with it? Just, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an adult. I, I, I want to do it. She's an adult. She wants to do it. And we are doing it. What is wrong? You Christians, you are too, you are too, I mean, you are too difficult. What is wrong with it? You cannot see that you are a slave to your passion. You have not yet understood that you have no control over your desires. Praise God. God wants you free. Freedom in Christ, freedom in grace, is not freedom to do whatever you like. Mm-mm. Freedom in grace, all right, the Bible says, all right, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. Some people have thought that that liberty is liberty to do anyhow. Say, ah, guys, let's praise God. When I say you dance, I dance. So let's dance like we are. Ah, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. No, that liberty there in context is liberty not to do anyhow. It's liberty to see. Because in the Old Testament, Moses veiled his eyes. When his face was shining. So he veiled himself so that they would not see. So they did not have liberty to see the glory of God that was passing away on Moses' face. Hallelujah. But he now tells us that in Christ, the veil is taken away, hallelujah, and that veil is taken away by the Spirit. So it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty to what? To see with the glory of God. So that's why in 18, he now says, we all, with what? Unveiled face. Beholding as in a glass, the what? The glory of all. Hallelujah. Look at him and say, desire a rich walk with God. Look at somebody else and say, desire. I can't hear it loud. I want loud and say, desire. A rich walk with God. Are you getting blessed this morning? So, now, if you go, verse 18, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Let's look at that quickly. <sighs> Just have like 10 more minutes. Amen. How many of you are feeling the fire burning on your inside? How many of you are feeling it? Amen. God is going to, there's a spirit of prayer that will be better than many of us. Spirit of prayer. Those of you who are struggling with your prayer life, you find out that there will be that burden on you. God will be passing prayer burdens on you. Amen? I, I say amen. Now, 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 18. 18. Everybody with you says what? But we are, with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, I change the same image from glory to glory, even as what? 
So that word change there is speaking about metamorpho, where we get the Greek, um, English metamorphosis. I don't know if you remember the butterfly, from egg to lava, from lava to pupa, pupa to adult. So you see that there's a progression in that change. So it's a progressive change. Praise God. A progressive change. It's a progressive change, an internal progression. Amen. Now, because God is a spirit, it therefore means that there is a spirit realm. Amen. There is a what? A spirit realm. And there are beings in that realm. So as a Christian... It is not abnormal for you to bump into the angelic. It is not abnormal for you to pray and an angel visit you, an angel of the Lord. Some of, sometimes, the way angels sometimes appear to folks, especially so that you not freak them out, is in their dreams. Amen? I will tell you how it happened. How many of you have had a dream, and in that dream, someone you knew was talking to you in the dream? Put your hand up if you know someone you knew. Either it's a pastor or a friend in Christ, and it was talking to you. And in that dream, they were giving you instructions and talking to you and stuff like that. All right? It was not that person. Amen? Because that person most likely does not know anything he was asleep. What was happening with you was you were having an encounter with an angel. And usually they do that not to spook you. Because if an angel appears to many of you, you run out of the room before he gives you the message. <laughs> Praise God. Ah, how did he get here? Ah, you know. And some of us, because some of you grew up in a lot of deliverance churches, you will bind them and cast them. In the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost fire. <laughs> so they sometimes appear in that form, in your dreams. And if you check through scripture, you find that many times, Angels used to give people dreams and instruct them in dreams. Hallelujah. For example, it was an angel of the Lord that instructed Joseph to take Jesus and the mother to Egypt. That, uh, what's his name? Herod wanted to kill Jesus. You understand? So, that, so that, that's, those are encounters with the realm of the spirit. Amen. There are times where angels give people food in the dream. <laughs> the other I said, did you hear what I said? I said, did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Or should I repeat it? So let me repeat it for emphasis. I said there are times where angels give people food in the dream. Elijah was given food by an angel. And he rose up from that encounter on that food and did not eat for 40 days. 40 days. In Acts of Apostles, chapter number 10, Peter was instructed in the dream to rise up and kill and eat. He was offered food in the dream. Ezekiel was instructed by an angel of the Lord to eat a book. Is it not your Bible? Is it not your Bible? So they've told you that it's in the dream is demon, have you? Praise God. Oh, yeah. Go, Jaddy. Go, Jaddy. Go, Jaddy. Go, Jaddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. From time to time, you are eating the dream. It's delicious. Very delicious. Can you only go cook a fish? <laughs> they present it to you. You say you are not going to eat. Glory to God. 
I am not denying demonic operations through food. Are you following what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that there are angelic operations through that means too. And usually what is happening is that there's a strengthening going on. Praise God. There's a strengthening going on. So God is a spirit. Then there's a realm of the spirit. Now I want to now show you how to navigate to that realm. Do you want to learn how to do it? No, no, I'll teach, I'll teach you how. Because the ignorance in the body of Christ concerning these things is too much. Some folks actually think, for example, there are times when I'll be watching TV. And I'm just watching television. My wife is there, my son is there, and all. And I will have a visitation right there in the parlor. Praise God. And the angel of the Lord will come in and give me instructions, and I'm going, thank you, Lord, yes, Lord, and they go. Praise God. Amen. It's normal. Now, the one, one problem that many people have is first, lack of consciousness. There are times an angel of the Lord can come into a place, and the person is not aware that an angel is present. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. You understand? Okay, I'll give you an example. How many of you remember Balaam? Remember Balaam, the prophet? He was traveling to go and give a, to go and curse Israel. An angel of the Lord was in front of him. The camel saw the angel. The prophet did not see, it, see him. Are you, are you paying attention? He couldn't perceive that the angel, you understand? Because there are two levels of communication in the realm of the spirit. Is anybody, are you enjoying this socialized talk? Yes, are you? Yes, so there are two levels of communication around with The first one is where you have a vision. You can see and you can hear. So it's clear. Your senses can see what's happening. Then there's another one that is perception. Where you come into a place and you perceive the presence. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. You perceive it. Now, when you perceive that presence, the presence of God, is you suppo- your, your attitude is supposed to change. When you perceive it, God wants to talk to me. Then you go to a secluded place to pray. Hallelujah. Or you start speaking in tongues immediately. Praise God. Why? Because speaking in tongues increases your sensitivity and your perception. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me just round it up because we'll continue next week because of time. Hallelujah. Now, look at Genesis chapter 28, 13 to 18. I'll just say one or two things, then we close. We pray, then we close. Genesis 28 and verse 13. There are people that in their families, there is serious oppression going on. Look at me. Serious oppression going on. And you just find they don't know what to do. Then you now find that they are doing a lot of emergency prayers. You know what emergency prayers is? You know what emergency prayers is? Emergency prayers is like this. It's like you get into a, you are fighting war. Maybe Nigeria is fighting Kazakhstan. Then you guys, you get on the land. Then they are shooting. You know they are shooting from somewhere. 
but you don't know where they're shooting from. So you know there's gunfire, but you don't know exactly where the gun is going from. So what do you do? You carry on and you start spraying everywhere. And you are not hitting anything. Do you understand? I said, do you understand? So, the believer now has to learn how to download strategies from the spirit. This is why it is not, it is not Burger King. You can't walk with God with the mindset of Burger King. You know what Burger King is? Fast food. You just enter. Uh-huh. Give me one burger. Give me one this. Give me one meat pie. Give me one drink. Sharp, sharp. Five minutes. You are wasting my time. Allah, now, now. Allah, now, now. Allah, now, now. Allah, you understand? Give me now, now, now. So that's why you like when people, um, um, some prophets want to attract you, they will do sharp, sharp anointing. Bulldozer anointing. Allah, now, now. I mean, if you have seen some of those things, now, I say, ah, Allah, now, now. I'm saying, sing, 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 now, 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 now. I know. Oh, this one is slow, so I want now, now. They now go, now, now. You understand? So send down fire, now, 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 God is a king. You can't rush a king. You hear what I said? Not your husband. God is what? A king. You can't rush him. That's number one. Number two. God is a king. You cannot manipulate him. Someone say, let us sing. He prays. So that he be. Mm-mm. Praise, oh. You don't praise. It's God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you, is there a lawyer here? Do you have a lawyer here? If you're a lawyer, can I put your hand up? Okay, good. Uh, um, barrister. How many of you go, when you go to, um, you, you go to the court, you have a case before the judge, and you want to win that case. How many of you go there and say, oh, ho, 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 ho. judge, yes, yes. Wow, wallahi. <laughs> no judge like you, my judge. My honor. I you just present, you didn't present your case. Ah, unchangeable, yes, yes. Unchangeable, yes, yes. Unchangeable. Ah, oh, I judge you. Yeah. Wait your case. No matter how you do it, even if you bring gift, until you state your case and argue it and present it properly, then you will now what? You, that means when you present it properly and you're stating your case, you are praying the judge. Is that not what you're doing? You are praying the judge. So that means you are making a request before the judge. The judge's job is not to grant the request. It is now when there is a sentence from that judge that the police and the legal agencies will not execute what? The judge's what? Sentence. Are you, are you following? So before a sentence comes out, there cannot be an execution. Glory to God. That is what prayer is. So I, I will explain that better next week. Prayer, all right? But before we go, I want to show you seven reasons why you should pray long. Seven reasons why you should tarry in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. And by the way, let me remind you, it's our season of congratulations. Amen. Amen. It's our season of congratulations. So we're going to get more congratulations. Praise God. More congratulations. More congratulations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Congratulations, you're getting married. Congratulations of engagement. Congratulations on the job. Oh, congratulations, you saw Jesus. Congratulations, you led 15 people to Christ. Congratulations, you got 50 talking in tongues. Oh, congratulations. You just opened your first blind eye. Wow, congratulations. You first opened your death. Oh, congratulations. You got a paralyzed man walking. Congratulations. Wow, congratulations. Congratulations. Praise God. But in the season of congratulations, it's only the person that steps out in faith, in action, that will see a manifestation. Amen? You sit down, do nothing, get nothing. Hallelujah. Let me give you a testimony. Shall I give one, one testimony? So, <laughs> I was working with Sterling Bank. Was, was a top, pretty okay person. But, my son and wife were believing God for some stuff. So we're declaring it, whoo, Shagadabura, this expedino, this and we're just talking and talking and talking. Oh, we're going to give in at this level, we're going to give in at that level, giving this and giving millions and stuff that. You see, when you make confessions like that, things are happening in the realm of the spirit. There's something I want to show you a scripture. Maybe I should show that that one that will give you the seven seven thing benefits of long prayer. So as we're praying like that and stuff like that, I didn't even apply anywhere. Someone just ring me up and say, Hey, hi, there's a opportunity in this bank. And they are looking for someone to help their health team. Are you interested? I said, I'm not interested. I'm good because I'm good. You understand? I'm okay where I am. I said, I told them now. And I said, okay, well, just, just take the interview and let's see what you think. You know. So I was like, okay. So then we took the interview and I didn't care whether they called me back. Then they came back and said, ah, man, come on, we like you. Sometimes, sometimes, like that. You get. I'm talking about where I work now. Well, what I was doing was, and I wanted to turn it down. The Spirit of God said, didn't you say you want to give in this? Didn't you say? I said, yeah. And so I answered you. Why do you want to turn it down? I'm like, well, yeah. So, take it. Praise God. I wasn't just doing it for it. There was no, there was no father. They grew up, grew up. You understand? Now listen to me. That's how those things happen. But the reason why I wanted more was not to, to spend it on my loss. The reason why I wanted more was way to do more for the kingdom. Praise God. That was why. That's my motivation for more. Recently, our church paid for, a woman had a fractured arm. I went to for one of our um, um, churches, and we're praying for the sick. I know people are getting healed, I know. So I prayed for this woman. She had a fractured arm. But people don't know this, that when we pray, for the sick. Sometimes, if they don't receive their healing by supernatural means, we help them to get it by medical means. And it always sometimes involves us paying. <laughs> Pay. In the last, um, uh, I think, couple of weeks, I think this church, we spent about between 700,000 and a million on charity. Charity. But you see, we don't talk about it. We don't go and carry gamophone and begin to say, uh-huh, you see this person? No, we don't do it. So that's why sometimes when people think the church doesn't help. Why? Because the church does not do PR. Because it's against what Jesus said. Because Jesus said, when you are doing, um, giving arms to the poor, let not your right hand know what your what. Left hand is that's the, that's the problem. If we all began to publish it, I mean, the surgery that was going to cost close to 300,000 there. The woman didn't have anybody to help her. 
Her hand, imagine this woman's hand had been fractured for eight months. And she had been kind of hand like that. Eight months. Do you know what it, it means? That there's, for eight months, there were opportunities for people, whoever that wanted to say, let me help you. Are you following me? She had the fracture. She couldn't walk. So she couldn't take care of her kids. Because this hand, her right hand was fractured. But to the glory of God, she had her surgery last week, praise God. And it was successful. She's fine. Amen. All right. Totally fine. And she'll be discharged very soon because she's still in the hospital. Hallelujah. So that's part of what happened. Hallelujah. I just want to share that with you. You know, because there is a lot. So that's why I, I always advise folks. Whenever people are speaking against church and all, shut your own mouth. Because you are sinning because there are things you don't know. You don't know. You can't know. You are not in the... You are, you don't know. You know you don't really give. You are not really active in that church. So what do you know you are saying? What do you know? Okay. All these pastors. They are on private. How many pastors have there? They are no more than six. Praise God. Hallelujah. No more than six. I remember one time. That time we didn't have car. And we were talking, and one person that was a member of our church was talking. Look at this one I'm talking now. No pastor trek to church today. They are talking against people that have church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let me show you something. So let's leave that Genesis 28. I wanted to show you about angels. We'll look at that next week. But let me just show you something in Revelation chapter 8 to see the impact of prayer. Then I'll give you seven weeks, then we pray and close. Have you been blessed so far? Have you learned something so far? All right, I, I, I'm thinking that's a unanimous yes. Is that a unanimous yes? Okay, because I want to make sure you have something you can use and you can walk with. Now look at Revelation chapter 8, verse 3. When you pray, don't ever think you are not heard. You are heard. Don't be carnal. Stop waiting for... As you pray, you'll not be hearing. No. Look at Revelation verse 3. It says what? Another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense. That he should offer it. With what? With what? The prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. So that means angels walk with whose prayer? Angels walk with what? With the prayer of saints. Now look at the next verse, verse 4. It says what? And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before what? God. Out of the angel's hand. Now note what happened on the earth. Verse 5. And the angel took the censer and filled with the fire of the altar and cast it upon where? Upon the earth. And there were what? Voices. And what? And what? And what? The effect of prayer. Ah, yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. In Acts 12, 5. And it says, and the church prayed for Peter without ceasing. Then you have in 2 Timothy 1, 3. Paul talks about without ceasing, he prayed for Timothy. Hallelujah. In Romans 1.9, Paul says, without ceasing, I prayed for the Roman church. Hallelujah. Learn, see, civilians, 
are the ones that say they do name it, claim it. Name it, claim it. You don't name it, claim it. It's mine. It's mine. It has come to me. Amen. The, the duplex is mine. Amen. Do you understand? Then they do affirmation. They like all those, you know, baby, baby things. They are not bad. You know, it's just baby, baby things. It's good. It's milk, but it's good. But I am, I am above. I am this. It's good. But that's not enough. Hallelujah. The, ba- the, the groundwork is a lifetime of persistent what? That is the, you understand? That culture, that system of persistent prayer. And let me tell you quickly what seven things prayer does for you. Write it down quickly, then we'll pray. Number one, not just prayer, long praying. Number one, it makes power available. Or makes much power available. James chapter 5, 13 to 14. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man, what? Availeth much. Second thing praying for long does for you is that it causes the release of light and revelation. Ephesians 1, 17 to 18. And Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. Um, Daniel does a kind of praying, what is called the prayer of seeking. When there is a challenge, you now go to God and say, I am not living here until I know the cause of this challenge and how to get out of it. Amen? That's the prayer of seeking. And in prayer of seeking, you will add fasting to it. Because you are trying to increase your sensitivity. You want to be able to hear. If God sneezes, you want to know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the prayer of seeking. You have not been pregnant. You have been believing God for this. Why am I not pregnant? The word of God says, there shall not be any barren in their tribe. So you go, you go and investigate it. In prayer. Now, what many Christians like to do is that they are lazy. So they will go and look for a prophet. You understand? Prophet. Or babalawu. Or prophetic babalawu. I want to know the source of my problem. Instead of going to that place of prayer and dig, you understand what I'm talking about? And want to know what is the problem? Prophesy, man of God. There is that. But don't depend on that. Ah, are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't depend on that. Stop depending on prophets. Stop it. You go there and find. You have one hour, nothing has happened. We are staying here. Two hours, three, four, five, six, seven. First day, nothing. You will continue. Day two. So day three. Day four. Rebo, you are there. You are putting pressure, sir. This thing, I want to know why it's like this. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, I prayed and I slept. Did you wake up? Yes. Continue praying. Glory to God. You continue praying. You morning watches, night watches, you are praying. Hallelujah. This, this is all. Hallelujah. You are praying. And you don't stop. The problem is many of us, we give up too easily. And because we give up too easily, we now become frustrated. Uh-uh, no. Don't be a child in the school of the spirit. You will stay there. You will develop stamina. There are times where God doesn't speak immediately. So that you will develop stamina in seeking him. It is training. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. When God is not saying anything, he's saying something. Glory to God. So I said, number one is what? Number two, causes the release of light and revelation. Number three, prayer. Long praying transforms the believer. Look at Luke chapter 9, 28. There are times you just say, look, this night I want to just spend in prayer. I want to do personal vigil. 12 to 5. Amen. 12 to 5. I'm going to be praying in tongues. Sometimes, the first time you did it, you did it too. You slept off. Don't worry. The following night, do it again. Praise God. There's nothing particular about praying at night. But there is something about praying at night. <laughs> I'll ask a question. How have you start praying at night? And all of a sudden, you, you become conscious that, oh, as I'm praying because of all the witchy stories you have been fed. You know? <laughs> How do you know what I'm talking about? So you're speaking, Uruba, Shandela, then you now hear one sound. Then you now go louder. I've been there. Hallelujah. I've been there, yeah. Amen. Then you now think that one demon entered, but it's a rat. They're just like, you know. Or sometimes you are praying. How many of you are afraid? Then all of a sudden you now hear, there was a time like that it happened when I was praying in tongues and praying, Rabako, so brother. Then all of a sudden I just said, I was like, what's going on? Oh, Rabbi, and I found out that an owl was living in the building, in the roof. Of the building by the side because that building praise god the ceiling was broken so there was a place for that owl to be in now if i was not new creation renewed oh dear god you're not going to have some problems because i'll come out and begin to have a battle with the owl <laughs> that witchcraft spirit that dwelleth in the ceiling. Father by fire now. Die by fire. Die by fire. You understand? Oh boy, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stupidity in your spiritual <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Am I saying that they are not demonic owls? They, they might be. There, there are. Dealt with a few. But not every owl is demonic. Stop fighting shadows. Nobody fights shadows and gets the world championship belt. <laughs> How many of you, someone is fighting shadow and they're not giving belt? No, no, you have to fight a real enemy. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. All right. That was number what? It transforms the believer. Look at Luke 9, 28. And it came to pass, we're back? Okay. And it came to pass about, 9, 28, it came to pass about an eight days after these things, he took Peter and John and James, and he went up into a mountain to pray. Everybody read verse 29 like a mass choir. It says what? Thou down now. And as what? And as he what? And as he what? And as he what? As he prayed, the fashion of his what? Was what? So as you pray, something is happening to you. How many of you sometimes, when you're praying, you feel something in your hand? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You are praying, you're feeling as though something is moving in your body. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Sometimes I'll be praying and I'll be feeling some, like a breath on my body. Praise God. 
and you're praying in tongues and you're praying and you're just oh, and it's a glow from within. He said the countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. So that is when you pray, something happens to your clothes. Hallelujah. Number four, long praying helps put the flesh under. 1 Corinthians 9.27. Number five, long praying leads to a harvest of signs and wonders and miracles. Luke 4.1 and Luke 4.14. Number six, long praying stirs up the gift of God within you. Acts 9.40, 2 Timothy 1.6. And number seven, long praying grants boldness. Boldness, Acts 4.31. When you find yourself always afraid to preach the gospel, you have not spent a long time praying. Sister, the problem is that you're not shy. It's not you are shy. The problem is that you don't, it's not, it's not that you know, you don't know enough of this or enough of that. The, the problem is that you're not spending time praying. Amen. There is no, nothing like shy in the food of the Spirit. When you spend long time praying, you now begin to find out that the fear that is not in God, cannot be in you. Praise God. Cannot be in you. Much praying results to much ministry work. Ministry output is tied to power output. Power output is tied to much praying. And you can say, Pastor, I'm not a pastor. Which one I say ministry? Uh-uh. I'm not a pastor. Ministry is not for pastors. Ministry is for believers. Amen? The work of ministry is a work for believers. What the ministry gift of the pastor does is to train you to go and do the work of what? Ministry. Rise up on your feet. Can I have someone on the keyboard? And say this with me. I am a minister of the New Testament. I am an effective minister of the New Testament. Say this, say this, I am a minister of the New Testament. I am an effective minister of the New Testament. Therefore, I give myself so much praying. I give myself so much intercession. I give myself so much supplication in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at me. God is counting on you. To stand in the gap. All right? God is standing on you to stand in the gap. The angels of the Lord, all right, are counting on you because they need prayerful believers to be able to take territories on the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. It is up to us, actually. It's not up to God. It's up to it's up to, it's up to, whenever temptation comes, that temptation comes again, understand the battle that is happening. When you are tempted, temptation is not a sin. But when temptation comes, understand what is going on. What is going on is that there is a warfare going on right there with that temptation. Where you were going to choose, who am I going to yield to today? Am I going to yield to the spirit? Or I'm going to yield to the, to the flesh and to the devil. Will I be a watchman that is awake, or will I be a watchman that is asleep? Praise God. I want to open your mouth and begin to talk in tongues, everybody. Just begin to pray. 
Let us begin to pray. Hallelujah. Just begin to pray. Man took Haramashaka Tarababaromo Santarabahaya. Raga da Bakoto Parahasha da Bababahaya. Mando Cobra Asaka da Cababaco Sopra di Cabrano Sopra da Cabronina Monsata. Rababacata Cababaca Santa Cababacura Bashanda Rababahaya. Le non fra Acada Cababacasa Cabacabacasapra under the Monsataya. Le Mondra Asababahaya. Begin to say, Father, I receive strength to pray like never before. I receive strength to pray like never before. I receive grace to pray. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Manda la bakura bashata baba baba haya. I receive grace to pray. Everybody praying all around the auditorium. Man niko saka dadisa. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link t.me slash oikia cc god has blessed you